I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. And welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. So, if you are listening to this episode when it's first released, it is April 28th, 2021, and we actually just had a full moon on Monday, April 26th. And it was actually a super moon, which means that if you are trying to kind of like tune into the new and the full moons and kind of harness their energy, well, it's likely that you noticed that this particular full moon impacted you even more than usual because it was a super moon. I know for me personally, I am usually very sensitive to the full moons, (laughs) like really sensitive. I have a good friend. She's been on the show multiple times. Her name's JD and her and I are very sensitive human beings. And anyways, we usually text each other on or around the full moon because We feel it so intensely, and this month was no exception. I was feeling this moon days out. So I hope you all are holding up and just harnessing and really tuning in and using this energy of this super full moon. And hopefully you actually were able to see it as well. That is one of the many ways we can tap into the energy of the full moon or whatever moon is upon us is just simply going outside and taking in her beauty. But anyways, I could talk about the full moon for a whole episode, but I won't do that. I will give you a heads up that I was major chatty in this episode today with Victoria Jane. So Victoria Jane is one of my favorite people over on Instagram. She is a human design coach. She's also a projector and she has splenic authority, which I also have. I'm a splenic manifester and Victoria is a splenic projector. So we have that in common. And her and I have also actually both had hypothalamic amenorrhea. And since that's one of our favorite topics around here, we all love talking about periods or lack thereof. So anyways, Victoria knew that was one of my favorite topics and we were able to weave HA into human design. It all works, trust me. So I'm really excited for you to listen to this podcast episode today. If you know nothing about human design, I will give you a heads up that this is a 
higher level conversation when it comes to human design, you are going to want to go back to my previous episodes about human design. And the best way to actually do that is just go to my website, megdahl.com. And I have a little search box there for you. And if you just type in human design, you'll see all of the different human design episodes pop up from over the years. And I would just go straight back to the very first one I ever did with Amy Lee and learn about the different aura types because then you'll actually understand human design a little bit better. The reason why I say this episode is a little bit more of a higher level talk about human design is because Victoria and I sit down and chat about how to use your human design chart and learn how to specifically manifest according to your human design. So it might get a little confusing too because one type of human design is a manifester, which as I just shared with you, that's my aura type, but we're talking about manifesting within human design. And there's two different ways to go about that. And that is either being specific about manifesting or non-specific. So that's what Victoria and I dive into today. It's a really great conversation. If you love human design and if you love manifesting or If you're just wanting to learn more about manifesting within human design and how to do that specifically according to your chart and your own unique human design map. Human design is just fascinating. And again, it's one of my favorite topics ever. I have several human design coaches lined up for future episodes and the incredible thing about human design is that there's just so much to talk about within its human design itself. So we'll just never run out of different topics as I reach out and welcome various human design coaches onto the show. But this week, it's all about Victoria Jane. And like I said, she's amazing. And As I also said, I was very chatty during this episode. I believe right before Victoria and I recorded this episode, I just had a sushi date with my dad for lunch. So apparently sushi dates with my dad make me extremely happy and chatty. So just a heads up there that you get a lot of random stories from me throughout this episode, but I think you're really going to enjoy them. (laughs) All right, everyone. I hope you enjoy this episode and I will see you again next week with something not human design related. We are going to be talking about breakup recovery with my friend Gina Gomez, but that's next week. Enjoy this episode with Victoria this week. Hey, Victoria, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you on with me this week. Thanks. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I just feel like 
We are going to have such a great chat today because we are talking about, or we we think we're going to talk about two of my favorite things, um, human design and periods or lack thereof. I'm not sure, but I do recall receiving an email or a DM from you about talking about periods one time when I was talking about hypothalamic amenorrhea and all of the ladies listening to this show are very well versed in like period stuff, HA stuff, and we all get really excited whenever we get to chat about that. So welcome, welcome. I am so, so excited to have you on the show. But if people are just meeting you for the first time today, why don't you introduce yourself to everyone? Yeah, so I am a human design coach and um, I'm a splenic projector, so we have the splenic authority thing in common. Um, yeah, and so, yeah, so I work with the system of human design. My background, um, I used to work in tech for about a decade and was like totally living the opposite of being a projector and pushing a lot. And finally, it got to the point where I really had to change my life and found this new calling. Um, and part of that burnout journey also included losing my period for a while. So, I've lost my period twice in my life. Once it was like more kind of like high school, college related to eating disorder stuff, recovered from that. And then, oh gosh, what was it? Maybe like 2018, like when all this burnout stuff was happening, I lost my period again. And I was like, nope, I like know I'm eating enough. Like what is going on? Um, But I was just so out of alignment with my non-sacral energy with out of alignment with my human design, like so stressed and working a bunch on something that I didn't um, wasn't really aligned ultimately. And so the gift of losing my period was like a very clear signal of like, Hey, you need to, you need to make some changes. So I don't usually get a chance to combine both of those topics, but that's a little bit on both of those things. Wow. Okay. So my question, I actually do have a lot of questions just from that (laughs) small little bit there, but Okay, did you know about human design before or after this second experience of losing your period? Yeah, it was, I had already found human design, but you know, sometimes I don't know what your experience was like, but for me, learning my design that first like year or so, I was like, oh my gosh, this makes so much sense. I feel both a sense of relief because now I know like there's nothing wrong with me and I'm not crazy, but it was also really scary to actually start living in according in accordance to my design. Cause I, you know, I had all these like ego attachments to a job and a label or labels and different things that I wasn't immediately able to say like, oh, cool. I need to change a bunch of things. Like it took a little bit of time to shake out. Totally. And I feel like that's the case for a lot of projectors, especially at least the projectors that I've like had in my life. And I have a lot of projector friends and clients. And absolutely, I feel like it's a really big wake up call. And that was actually something I was going to ask you is how did human design come into your life? Because I always love that story. I I love the story of how human design came into my life. And I'm just curious about you. What was your story with it? Yeah, I, so it, I was really going deep into manifestation work. I've always had like 
these different sides of me. Like on one hand, I was raised in a very like academic household and like doing sort of like achiever-y things. But then this other side of me has always been into spiritual stuff. Like I did a yoga teacher training back in the day and whatever. And so in the process of doing manifestation work, I was introduced to the concept of being a specific versus non-specific manifester. And then that led me into everything human design. Amazing. So when you first found human design, you were like really excited about it and just dove right in. Is that kind of how it worked for you? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Discovering I was a non-specific manifester was huge because like, I feel like I've actually been very conditioned in this part of my chart where, you know, I'm like type A, like have a five-year plan, have all the details, you know, and that was put kind of on a pedestal of like, oh, that's the right way. That's the better way to like get what you want. But I would always come up with these lists or plans and like they wouldn't really happen the way I had written them. And I didn't realize that actually there was nothing wrong with that. And it's been so freeing to release the need to control details as a nonspecific. Um, and then of course, as soon as I found out about being projector, you know, based on where I was in my life, where I saw all these people around me at work, just like so excited every day to show up and work like 12, 14 hours. And like, I was doing it, but inside I, you know, I was just struggling so much. And so it, it was really helpful for me to be like, oh, that's okay. Like I'm a projector. Um, so I dove right in. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So I do think this is important for us to talk about is the specific and non-specific manifesting. And I love that you're going to be the one that talks about it on the show with us because I've had so many podcast episodes already about human design, but we always end up talking about some different aspect related to human design. And as you know, there's just like so many things to talk about. And this isn't even a human design podcast, but it has just impact so much of my life. And it's also made me a better coach, even though I wouldn't call myself a human design coach, but it allows me to get deeper with my clients and understand them in a different way. But because the manifestation piece of human design is really where you got started, I would love for you to talk more about that with us because I totally agree with you. I feel like most people are conditioned to be a really specific manifester. I mean, that's what we're told, right? Like Mm -hmm. make this Mm -hmm. vision board, get super, super crystal clear on exactly what you want. Like feel it, smell it, get so clear. Right. But (laughs) what does it taste like? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like how does it feel? And you're non-specific as well. All of my arrows point left. Mm -hmm. So I, oh, okay, so you're specific. I am specific. And this yeah. was also, I think for me, just learning years. Like I was introduced to human design. I will never forget the day my friend texts me. And she's also a projector. And she texts me and she's like, Meg, can you please just like put your info into this website? Because I really feel like you're a manifester. I was like, I really don't care about this, but I will do this for you. And so I plugged it in. Sure enough, I'm a manifester. And she's like, I knew it. And so then I was like, okay, 
what's can this I, all wait, about? Quick, sorry to, sorry to yeah. interrupt. Can I, can I ask what she thought about, like, why did she think you were a manifester in terms of how it showed up in your behavior? Yeah. So I think because I own my own business and I always have, and she knows that I really don't do well with people telling me what to do because I just kind of, you know, do the complete, like if someone tells me what to do, I'm like, well, I'm definitely not doing it that way anymore. Um, So I think that, and then also I, don't just have kind of like one aspect of my business. I do a lot of different Mm. things, right? And I kind of start the thing and welcome more people in to kind of carry out the thing for me without even knowing my human design type. And Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. that was why she was like, I really think you're a manifester. And so it was really cool for me to find that out But what was, and this is related to what we're going to talk about regarding like manifesting is like having my type be called like a manifester. I was like, okay, it sounds really cool, but I have never really been one to really dive into the world of manifestation. So that was like Mm -hmm. really interesting to me to realize like I'm this thing called a manifester yet I have never really been super intrigued by like the whole like manifesting stuff, right? And then mm-hmm. also probably because you're f- a manifester and you can literally just make things happen. Yeah, <laughs> Ironically, they, right? Like probably, <laughs> probably. And then finding out that I was a specific manifester too, I was like, oh, maybe this is kind of like a I don't know, like should I start being more specific of things or should I just like continue what I'm doing? But Anyways, that is kind of my story with finding out and also just like my feelings around the whole like conditioning around being like the types of manifesting that you can learn based off of your human design chart. But anyways, totally getting ahead of ourselves. Why don't you back us up and tell everyone how they can actually find this out on Mm. their chart? Yeah. And before that, I also just want to react to, I love that as a coach, you think about someone's human design because I think the number one thing that I see, like, that is a little bit frustrating maybe is coaches who are like, well, this worked for me. So it's going to work for you. And it's like, "Mm, hold up. And this is what I love about human design. It's like, you have a way that you're designed to work Well, things will feel more in flow. Not to say that you'll never have challenges, but in general, it'll be more in alignment versus struggling and trying to like follow someone else's formula. So just happy to hear that makes me really excited for people who want to find what manifestation style they are. So at the top of your chart, there's four arrows and it is the bottom right-hand arrow. So it's like, I would say like four o'clock position. If it's pointing to the left, you're a specific manifester. And this is great because Meg, you're specific. I'm non-specific. So we can kind of cover both. I love that. (laughs) Yeah. And if you're right facing, you're non-specific. Another way to think about it, because those words sometimes will trigger fear in people. Like this is what I hear for specific manifestors. And you can tell me if this was you, the number one fear I get is, oh my gosh, if I don't know exactly what I want, am I totally screwed? And I always like to like, clear that up that like, no, it's okay if you're still in the discovery process, because that's life. Like sometimes we don't know everything. Um, 
And then for the non-specific manifestors, their number one concern is like, oh no, but like, does that mean I won't be able to get like what I want? Because what if I do have some ideas about what I want, right? And so it's less about, sometimes the word non-specific kind of makes people think that like, oh, I can only have like three to five qualities on my list if I'm calling in a partner, not 10. And like, that's so arbitrary, right? It's more about the overall energetic quality as a non-specific of being more receptive and kind of just like being open to what the, the universe brings you, not needing to be strategic about it. Whereas a specific manifester, it's like you having an idea of how you want things to happen is going to be more supportive for your process. So cool. Because basically, so correct me if I'm wrong, but when we like take human design out of this, when someone is just kind of talking about manifestation, a lot of the times you'll hear get super specific, but kind of forget about the how it's going to happen right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. maybe with someone who does have specific manifestation like qualities like based off of their or is a specific manifester in human design, maybe they can get a little clear on the how. Yeah, yeah. I think examples are always helpful because it's like, we're, we're talking like left versus right facing arrow. It's like overall energy and then people start to get it starts to get confusing, right? Because I might, you might hear something like non-specific manifestors should really focus on how they want to feel around their manifestation. But it doesn't mean that that doesn't apply to specific manifestors too, right? Or like specific manifestors should have an idea of what they want. Like, but it doesn't mean that non-specific shouldn't also have an idea of what they want. So to like ground it a little bit more, let's say, Meg, you're manifesting a vacation and so am I, right? You're the way that you manifest would be more like, I want to go to maybe pick a specific place or like a few specific places. Um, And I want to be able to like do these activities and it's going to be in maybe like a certain month because that lines up with your schedule well, right? It's like you have a, there's like certain things you're like, nope, I just, yes, I know I definitely want them. For me, um, I might say like, well, I want to go to the beach and I don't know exactly where, Um, And I might even like, and this is just me in my own experimentation process, like put down some specifics, I'm putting that in quotes on the list, but what will end up coming through might be totally different. That's also a very like non-specific manifestation thing. It's like, you know, I might say, I want to go somewhere warm. So I think I'm manifesting a vacation in Hawaii, but the vacation that actually comes through is like a beautiful farm stay out in like the Washington woods. Um, And I had no idea that's like, it wasn't even in my like consciousness that that was a possibility, but that's what ends up coming through because that's actually what's best for me. Very cool. Yeah. So I don't know if there's like specific things. I know you said you haven't been super deep into manifestation, but do you feel like you've manifested things in a specific way before? Do you see any patterns there? Oh yeah. I mean, when I first met my, well, my boyfriend is a perfect example. And I actually have (laughs) a list of things that I have said I wanted and then they happened. Okay. There's like so many coming to mind now because it's kind of weird. Um, okay. So I was in a really 
not healthy relationship at one point in time. And while I was in that relationship, Scott, my current boyfriend, friended me on Facebook and I was like really intrigued and I was like "Ooh, I'm so unhappy right now I wonder what life would be like with this guy I have never shared this anytime before and I was just like thought that in my head I wonder what life would be like with Scott I've been with him for six years now and like that was just like a thought that happened and then it literally happened in my life um and then when I met him I was I think I was 24 and I said I want to jump oh go ahead yeah do you know what his human design is yes so he is a generator like a sacral yeah cool did you you don't have to share this if you don't want to but I'm curious like looking back, do you feel like you initiated in some way as a manifester? I want to hear about this. Yeah, actually, like, I was thinking about that just today, honestly, like, about, like, the whole initiating thing. He did text me first. Um, It was our, my uncle gave him my phone number, and then he texted me first. Yeah. So I, like, and knew then what he had my number. Pardon? What was your reaction to the text? What was your reaction to the text? Well, I feel like, I mean, I was, and this maybe also has like human design come into play. Like if I had his number, I probably would have just texted him to be completely honest. Like I didn't have his number. I knew he had my number and I waited a whole month for him to text me. And I was just like ready for him to text me right and I was just waiting this whole month and then he finally texted me a month later and I think that kind of with manifestors we like move really fast Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. and I mean Scott does incredible work like he has his own business and he does incredible work and sometimes we do stuff together like we built my website together and but like it I know I get stuff done really, really fast. And like generators, I have a lot of generator friends too. It's not just Scott, but like I can see how they take their time with Mm. things more than I feel like I'm like, oh, I just got that done. I just did that, you know? Uh Uh-huh. I don't know. So (laughs) does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was curious because I, well, the reason this is first of all, very interesting. And then second of all, I was talking to a manifester in my life about a female manifester. Like, how do you, how do you embody the female, um, the feminine person in a relationship, the feminine, whatever polarity in a relationship as a manifester, because there is more of that initiating energy. And I think this is where it's so important to distinguish like regular vocabulary and words from human design words, right? Because you can totally be the feminine in a relationship while still being a manifester, but like the things you would initiate would then just prompt your masculine partner to show up in the masculine, if that makes yes. sense, right? Do you totally feel that? makes sense. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Like if you looked into our relationship, it's not like I embody, like I'm not a very like masculine no. person, <laughs> for, like at all, but I definitely do like, then like I'm like we're gonna do this this is what's happening like let's you know that's my vibe Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. And so even with like the the like him texting you thing too, I feel like from what you shared around like you were already interested and you were like wait you're like come on like let's get this text. It's like you had already like energetically decided, right? Totally. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And then I was the one that was like okay, this is what's going to happen next. Like, we're going to go here, you know? (laughs) So, yeah, I love that. And then the other thing in my life, um, when I was just starting to date him, I literally said, I want a book deal by the time Mm. I'm 30. Like, I want to write a book. And not even a year later, I got a book deal. And, I mean, did this book actually get published No, because things changed drastically and I'm so grateful that the book didn't get published because it's not something I would want my name, like the topic, I wouldn't want my name to be associated with that anymore. But um, it's interesting that like I said, hey, I want this. It came into my life. But then things also leave my life when they expire like you know yes and so that's I really the part you of that. my initiating sorry I'm just gonna keep going but like that's the thing that where I'm like hmm I feel like I don't really initiate the leave part of it you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah well I'm glad you shared that because I think a lot of people a lot of like the coaching clients I work with too everybody's manifesting something right mm-hmm. and I think sometimes there's this there's some confusion or even like superstition around like, oh, if I manifest something, but then I don't get it, like, did I do something wrong? Like, was it, you know, and they feel bad about it. And it's like, no, if you didn't get it, like you were just sharing, it wasn't actually meant for you. Mm -hmm. So it's like, what did you get out of it? It's like, you know, you're really good at manifesting, you know, you can get a book deal if you want. And when it is the right book, like you'll totally get it, but it's fine. So like the universe is like, not going to let you have something that's not aligned. Exactly. So those are just like a few cool things that happened when I was like, I want this. And then it came into my life. Um, But yeah, what about you? Like you said, you were conditioned to be super specific when it came to manifesting. And how did you change your way of manifesting? I know you gave us like a little bit of an example, but when you made those changes... Like, how did that change things for you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would say that I'm still very much playing with this too, because it's like, how much do I open up and let go on an idea of things? Um, and to be clear, like non-specific manifestors should absolutely have an idea of what you want, but it's like the idea of what you want doesn't have to include like all of the bullet points. It doesn't have to be like, I literally want, that person to be my boyfriend, right? It's more like, oh, I want a person who's, you know, has XYZ qualities to be my boyfriend. Um, So for me, I think right now, a lot of how it's changed has been around my business. Like if you had asked the me from five years ago, like, okay, you're going to start a business. Like, how are you going to go about it? She would have had like a very intense plan, right? With like all of the like roadmaps and milestones and whatever, And now, I mean, this is such an experiment in surrendering, but I really take it like just what is the next thing that's calling me? Um, 
for example, I have a, a group program for coaches that want to use human design in their practice. And I didn't really plan it as weird as that sounds. It's like there were as a projector, people in my life inviting me, like coaches I knew, hey, I kind of want to learn and go deeper, but I don't like see anything out there. Can you can you make something? Um and so, you know, that became kind of like the next thing that I worked on. And so I find that the nice thing about being a non-specific manifester, once you can get over the hump of like releasing the control is being able to sit back and like relax a little bit. It requires a lot of like trust and that is its own challenge to develop. Um, but, but that's the upside. So another way to think about specific versus non-specific um, is you can think of specific as like, what is the linear path to get there? That's like how your mind would like to work of like, great, I want a book deal. So I'm going to network with these people and start working on, you know, the, the proposal or whatever. And like, it happens. The non-specific is more like mysterious and quantum in terms of how it turns out. So maybe you're like, I want a book deal. And then you don't think about the specifics at all. And then you like randomly meet someone who's like, hey, I am a book agent, <laughs> you know? So it can be the same manifestation, but how you feel and like move through physicalizing it looks a little different. Yeah, that makes so much sense. And I just want to go back because we were talking about me as a manifester initiating things. And look at you with that group program. Someone like invited you mm. to create that as a projector. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Well, and even with manifestors and initiating, right? It's like, there's a way to initiate that's in alignment versus out of alignment. Like if you just force yourself to initiate from this place of lack, that's not aligned either. Like you still have to wait to be inspired by something that you actually want to do. Totally. Absolutely. I have like this program that I'm working on and I know what it feels like for me to be like, okay, it's go time. Like I need to work on this. And I kind of have like this idea that I want to launch this program in August. I kind of have like the bones all built out for it, but just like, I don't know, like within myself, I just feel like I just can't open my computer and work on this right now. And I'm just kind of waiting because I know it's going to come. Um, yeah. And I feel like maybe like, is that some of our spleen, um, just like knowing also when it's time to do something. Yeah. Well, you know, what just popped into my head is I have another client who is a splenic manifester as well. And she is so great at waiting and intuitively knowing when to do something. And it made me think, cause I know a lot of projectors and specifically a lot of splenic projectors. And I actually don't think we're as good at waiting. And I wonder if it's because as manifestors, you have this really big um, differential between like when you know, like you have the energy to do it, you really feel it, right? And so because you know what that feels like, if you don't have it, ideally you can be in the place where you're like, mm -mm, I'm not settling, right? And so I think to answer your question more specifically, yes, I think part of it is your splenic intuition, but also you have a defined route, which has its own sense of timing. It's like, you'll feel a pressure to do things, but if it's not time, like maybe it's time to rest. Same thing with your ego center, which creates energy. Like both of these centers, they're not the sacral. So it's not this daily cycle. It's like your ego's like, I want to get a, I don't know, a book deal and make a bunch of money so that I can like go 
eat sushi and like go on a vacation, right? It's like both of these have natural rest built in. And the, the other splenic manifestor that I'm thinking of, she has written a bunch of books. She finished like her seventh book and then was like, I don't want to write a book yet. And she didn't do, I mean, obviously she was still like doing various work projects, but she didn't do any like big undertaking for almost a year. But when it was time to go, she opened a store in like two or three months, something like that, you know, like an actual storefront. So it's like really trusting the timing if you can, and she's obviously a very um, living her design manifesto, but that's as much as you let yourself rest, it's like how high you can go when you're on too. Totally. Yeah. We like you too, but I have learned that about myself is really just honoring like those rest cycles. And when we're not feeling like it's a let's go day, you just kind of have to be like, that's okay. Because I'm probably going to feel like I need to get going tomorrow. And yeah. So, wow, I love this. But I do really want to pick your brain about something else because before we hopped on this call, I was watching your Instagram stories and you were kind of sharing like this hypothesis that you have about sacral beings waking up in the morning and maybe they're the ones that are more so likely to do a workout first thing in the morning. And I am so curious, since you and I have both lost our periods, do Mm -hmm. you have any, like, have you seen any um, similarities in charts with people who have had HA? Mm. So, yes. Um, (laughs) So I think part of it is burnout, right? Like if we're actually just taxing our adrenal system, that tends to lead that's one path to ha so non-sacrals who that have a defined root aka you and me that's something that i see in a lot in common because we live in a world that is defined by this sacral pace which i think of as like your standard kind of like monday through friday 12 to 14 yeah yeah it's like not nine to five anymore for like anyone i know it's like way more um and then as somebody with a defined root specifically, but I think it can also happen for if you have a defined ego or emotional center, because these other places also create energy, but they don't create energy in the same way. So it's like the root is actually related to the adrenals in the physical body. So like every center in human design has a physical body part. So what I see a lot with defined root folks is, okay, I don't have the sacral energy, but I can stress myself out and put a ton of pressure on myself to like ramp up my nervous system to keep going and then that leads to the endocrine um dysfunction so that is a really great thought and Mm -hmm. yeah that makes total sense and with like given like you and I both have defined roots and we have both had HA I should go through all of my client charts and check who has had HA and who also has a defined root. Well, and I'm curious because you you probably have seen your own patterns too. Like, do you find that you have more non-sacral HA people that you work with? Because I think that's a piece of it potentially. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I actually, yeah. I mean, not all of them, but definitely more. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like not, not your, your standard, um, distribution in like across the normal population. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But for sure the defined group, I think less so maybe for the emotional and the ego centers, because there isn't that same pressure that you feel in the, in the root center, but that's the kind of high level piece. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we're a testament to it. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. I hope our listeners aren't like, what the heck are they talking about? But I just really was so curious because I saw you kind of putting pieces together for maybe these people tend to work out first thing in the morning. And I know I um, voted on your stories and I like if I am to work out, I like working out kind of like right before lunch, like late morning. Mm. Um, so I did click morning, but I was like, definitely not a first thing in the morning person. Like I would be on the floor for the rest of the day. Like I just could not do it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Wait. So, uh, what about your generator partner? He doesn't work out, but (laughs) like... (laughs) Never mind. <laughs> but he oh. has the strict. Anyone who knows Scott knows this already. But he works like super crazy hours. Like he just he'll just go to bed at like six in the morning, and because oh he gosh. just worked all night. And again, like if I was to do that, or even if you were to do that, we would just yeah. be complete like zombies for a week after that like I could not do that but you know he can go to bed at 6 a.m wake up at 12 at noon you know just sleep the morning and just get right back into it (laughs) oh my gosh yeah you should if people could see both of our faces as you were saying that and I was hearing that like oh my god no never Um, with with the movement like thing I, I find that sacral's you don't have to like working out. So I guess it really only applies to the sacrals who like working out in the case of Scott, it might not apply, but, um, that sort of like spring up out of bed first thing in the morning, like I have a full battery like that, I feel like is very sacral. And I had a sacral partner for many, many years. And there was a period in time around when I was also sort of having some of these health issues and I didn't know about human design yet. And I was trying to keep up with that. And I thought it was like, so good in quotes to like be the kind of productive person that was going to like wake up and do a workout and in retrospect I see and even as I like kind of recalibrate to my own schedule like my body and design's natural schedule now like no way I'm not somebody who like just has that full battery and is like ready to to spend that energy somewhere No, like I have always said I'm a morning person as in I love waking up in the mornings like I'm not a sleeper inner. I love waking up. I love my morning ritual. But am I ready to like go do a workout? Absolutely not. And it's funny just like us having this conversation. I'm thinking back to when I was in university and I was really struggling with orthorexia back at that time obviously no period back then and I was waking up five in the morning doing a workout before my 8 a.m class you know um so it just like really makes a lot of sense when you look at you know what we were doing during those periods of our life and then our human design chart and just seeing how it all connects 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. I have, I totally hear you on the, like the punishing schedule, like, cause it's funny, as you were saying, you have all of, you have all of your arrows going to the left. So like, there is a, there is a part of you that thrives with some structure and consistency, but when we're acting from this, like mental should place, we can totally take parts of our design and manipulate them in unhealthy ways. Yeah. Yeah. I did that for many years and I'm sure you can relate. So yeah. Oh my gosh, girl. I feel like I could just chat with you forever and I want to. So this definitely won't be our only and last chat. Um, I do want to hear more about how you work with individuals who are wanting to learn more about human design. You mentioned that you have like a group program for coaches. So that sounds amazing. So tell us more about that and anything else that you offer. Yeah, yeah. So I I mean, if people want to reach out and work one on one, I do readings and coaching with people. Um, And then because of the invitations that were popping into my field, I find that now that people know more about human design, you know, through people like yourself, and you're spreading the word, um, there's such a hunger to take this information and either understand your own chart more deeply and like turn it into this more lifelong experiment or take it and weave it into the work they're doing, whether you're like a health coach or a business coach or a fitness person, as we just talked a ton about movement. Um, The Human Design Coaching Cert, which I created, it's a 12-week program. And we go into the foundation of what you really need to know to interpret someone's chart and work with a client. And my favorite part about it is that there's a private community and there's homework and there's all these other practitioners sharing like, hey, I'm seeing the four, six profile show up this way or like, this is what a defined ego looks like with my person who's navigating a career transition. And that's what I was really missing when I first discovered human design is like, I wanna see real people's designs and talk about them and discuss them in a place where we can all be sharing rather than like, just kind of going rogue on the internet and being like, hmm, I don't know, like, but what is the defined root really like, or whatever it is. So I really love that space. Um, And I think it's happening right now. So the next time it'll run will be in June-ish. So people can get on a wait list to hear about that. I love it. My birthday month. Yay. So awesome. Well, we will link all that you do um, up in the show notes and every place everyone can connect with you. And I do have a question that I ask all of my guests, and that is, what does it mean to you to be unbreakable? Oh, so this is interesting because I've actually in my personal life have been going through ending a relationship and moving out of the state that I lived in for a long time. So there's actually been many parts of my life where like in my own internal processing of it, I've been like, this feels feels like I'm burning everything down. And in some ways in my moments of acknowledging and accepting the grief and the loss, I have actually felt really broken. And so my answer to this is, I think being unbreakable for me means being willing to actually feel broken mm-hmm. and then rise from the ashes. Mm-hmm. I love that so much. Gosh, we have so much in common. <laughs> I just want to like package you up and bring you here so we can just hang out. Oh, I would love that. <laughs> yeah, it'd be so great to 
I don't know. Do you ever come to the U.S.? I mean, like, no. I used to all yeah. the time. Like, uh, you know, I get DMs all the time from people being like, you used to travel all the time. Like, what, are you okay? You know, like, how are you doing without traveling? Um, there was literally a, a span of like two or three years where I was traveling every single month of the year. Wow. Um, so anyways, to answer your question, I used to go to the States a lot. So hopefully once everything is kind of like, you know, safe to travel or just convenient again to travel, I guess. Yeah. we can just like connect in person that would be so great yes absolutely awesome well thank you thank you sweetheart